welcome to the Doubt Every Thought podcast, showing you the simple way of returning to God through forgiveness, prayer, and doubting every thought. If you're looking for peace in life and want to know what God really is about, you've come to the right spot. I wish you well, and let's get this episode started. Alrighty, everyone. Welcome to the Doubt Every Thought podcast, where we talk about uh, returning to peace and returning to God through three simple steps of forgiving your mama and father, uh, doubting every thought, and doing a silent prayer every morning and night. Today, I've been graced with the presence again of another great name, another great man, uh, different color, but it all works out. Uh, it's Jacob again. Jacob is visiting. Hey, Jacob, thanks for calling back in again. Hello, sir. Thanks for having me. No, it's great to have you on. So, we uh, were kind of talking before you kind of messaged me last night about, hey, <laughs> hey, Jacob, I want to have you on the show. What should we talk about? And you're just like, Let's talk about intimacy. Let's talk about sex. And initially, of course, I was like, what the? <laughs> but as, uh-huh. as I thought about it more and more, I began to realize this actually might be a great thing. So, you know, when when you're in that fallen state, maybe you can kind of talk about it. It's I have my perception of what I thought sex was about or what I thought intimacy was about with a woman. But maybe talk about uh, how did you kind of see it, you know? Yeah, so um, <laughs> uh, the prelude to this conversation, I remember uh, being in church, and um, the uh, the pastor uh, that I had, he was talking about uh, just a little bit about sex, just you know, in the sense that he obviously had it with his wife, but he he was saying that yeah, he goes in the beginning that it was all about me and me getting you know what I wanted. And then uh, he he was just saying after after a certain amount of time, then he was able to um, you know not make it so much about that. And so I was kind of thinking like, hmm, um, sure. Bec- because uh, I mean, this is you know a pastor. This is someone who's you know quote unquote holier than uh, you know the average normie out there. Totally. Uh, but but he even has these kinds of um, I want to say like animalistic kind of uh, urges, you know, which is definitely like what yep. where I was at. <laughs> yep. No, I mean that's where I was too. If you really, you really reflect on how we were kind of trained, um, right? You know, we were kind of told sex is this thing that you can do was made by God. Yeah, it was made that by was God. An amazing thing, right? It feels great, and that's why you should yeah. only do it during wedlock, so that you know it's like this holy thing too. And, right. you know, the, the more and more I began to reflect, I mean, you just look back through history, you mm-hmm. know, birth control and all these other things didn't exist. Um, 1970s, 1960s, right. maybe 1950s. I don't know. And so beforehand, when you think about those types of things, being intimate with a woman, whether or not it's you know under marriage or not under marriage, it was just one of those things where you didn't do it because of the risk associated mm-hmm. with it. But, syphilis and all that stuff <laughs> yeah all, all the potential diseases all the uh all those issues but as i began to really reflect more and more you you realize like we've really commoditized a spiritual thing um mm. and it's a temptation where i don't know i just kind of find in that fallen state pornography is similar to having intimacy with a woman mm-hmm. you know yeah. actually sleeping with a woman you're inverting that spiritual order yeah you know and man that pastor it's it's fascinating man how <laughs> you're just like he's a holy man he's above right. me 
I know this is what I should be doing, but, uh, you know, or he's saying it's okay. So you're looking to a man to give you a green light, you know, to, to do things. And yeah. now that I'm not in that fallen state, I'm kind of looking at everything around me being just like, what the? Right. <laughs> Another thing too, uh, when, when I was, um, I want to say high school, maybe, maybe even college. I remember yeah. there was a documentary, um, going on on the TV and it was just some dude, some, um, football player. And I was watching it with my dad and they were just saying, oh yeah, that, that so-and-so was a virgin until, I don't know, like 22, 20, 23, something like that. Right. And then my dad kind of laughed and he goes, ah, like, ha, huh, like virgin at, you know, whatever right. age. And, and I remember, I remember in that moment just thinking like, like at the time I was a virgin, I was like maybe 20 or so. Right. And I was like, and I was thinking like, wait, am I a loser? Like, yeah. You believe, you, know? you believe those thoughts, right? That right. anger, resentment, judgment, hate, you know, as uh, Joel would say. Yeah, and, be, because I had always um, been brought, I, I had, you know, been brought up in the Christian church. And I always knew that, you know, sex out of wedlock was wrong. But I still, you know, in the fallen state had like the urge. So I would more um, control myself and in a sense, like, you know, make myself my own God. Right. Um you know, to try and, oh, you know, God can't take this away from me, but I can, you know, hold it in or whatever and not let it come out. I know what you mean. And it must have been a bit, my experience too, is that I never really got a, like a red light from the family on these things. Yeah. You know, and I realized later on it's because they weren't living right and doing right. Yeah. So they couldn't tell me how to live right. Because they didn't know, right? They... Right. And it's like, <laughs> I think there's always a part of them that knows, but they don't want to, it's like your conscience, right? Like God always speaks to you within and you know, it's not healthy to have sex out of wedlock and you know, mm -hmm. seeking physical pleasure of the fleshly body is really kind of escape from reality. You want to go into your imagination and you know, it's all about you. Like the past, you know, like your right. pastor said, it's all about um, his particular pleasures when you realize If you really take a step back, it's not even your pleasure. It's just kind of you agreeing to what Satan told you. you know, the thoughts yes. about um, you know being someone who's like, oh, I'm I'm my own god. Look at what I've done. You know, I'm so powerful. I have I'm, control or dominion over this person. Th know? There's a uh, there was a comedian that said something about this. I remember watching when I was in high school, and he was just like. Man, I, I can imagine the animals all looking at us, you know, watching porn and, and, you know, performing all that stuff. I can imagine animals just thinking like, man, these guys are doing it all wrong. Yeah, what's wrong with them? <laughs> you know, it's the, the whole purpose of intimacy is to make children. Like, the yes, whole point of exactly. It, it's not about pleasure seeking. It's not about yes. marathon sessions and all those types of things, right? How long and, can you last? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's as, as JLP would say, it's a uh, bam, bam, thank you, ma'am. You know, right. and just to mention JLP, Jesse Lee Peterson, he does the um, the Fallen State interviews. He has a church called Bond, a Brotherhood Organization of a New Destiny. Um, and he also does a talk show. I think it's Monday to Friday, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. It's on DLive. But it, it's been fascinating for me when I've begun to wake up because I think one thing I wanted to talk about, maybe you could, um, we could elaborate on this. Yeah. Um, It's this whole idea of a father's love versus Satan's love. And actually, we'll just we'll transition out to that and we'll come back in and talk about that uh, in one sec.
Okay, and we are back. <laughs> Very quick, okay. right? So, what I was going to mention to you, Jacob, is um, I've begun to really see things now as having... There's, there's kind of Satan's love, which is intermingling between people. It's all physical. It's all based upon um, kind of the material realm, about things that you do for people or things that you're actually feeling, all those things. You believe in your thoughts. And mm -hmm. there's another type of love, which is God's love, which flows from God through the man to the woman and the children. And when I see it that way, I really began to understand that when you engage, um, when you have sex out of wedlock, or when you're doing things unrighteously, you're really not giving a father's love to a woman, you know, mm -hmm. God's love to a woman. You're actually giving kind of, you're compromising yourself to be a child of Satan. And I find that so interesting because now when I talk with people, I see things now as a father's love. Right. And it's so different because it's even not me talking or doing or acting. It's like you're not chastising. You're not thinking you're right or wrong. You're just doing right. it the right way. And that's how I see it. I wasn't sure how maybe you thought about that or had a perspective on that. Yeah. So, um, I mean, the way I thought of, of sex before, I remember, um, you know, thinking to myself, man, like, uh <laughs> would it be appropriate for me to like ask you know the, the guys in my fellowship like hey you know do you still have your girlfriend make you do you know this to you and i remember i remember thinking like well that's probably something that people just keep to themselves before doing but um sure but but it's uh it's just crazy how like looking back just seeing how um like sex starved i was and it, and I I had that intent to feed it, but uh, but I I would also like not want to. I don't know. It was it was crazy. It's like a, you're going through a contradiction, like especially if you're uh, being raised in the church. But what you don't realize is that um, that that can be taken away from you. It kind of reminds me of um, yep. Uh, um, I don't know if you've ever um read the uh, Plato's Republic. I have. Yeah. Yeah, and and um, so yeah. so so Socrates he talks to um, he's talking to an older man, and the older man's talking um, to him about his experience, uh, uh, what it is to be an older man, and he says that um, being an older man feels as though um, you know the the demon of lust has left left you, and you're able to live freely. And I remember thinking, like, man, I guess this is like a thing where. Uh, you know, you won't get over it until you're old. You literally just, you know, like they say, sow your wild oats. Right. But, but, but now I'm, you know, I'm uh, not even 30 yet, but yeah, I have no desire to do any of that stuff whatsoever. And I never thought I would see the day when I would say something like that because I remember, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I know what you mean. that that would literally come out of my mouth, let alone like on a little podcast. <laughs> yeah. But, but because I would always, um, know the right you know the knowledge of good and evil from the bible that you know um having the the desire uh, i think even jesus talks about it um he called out the pharisees and he's saying yeah like even if you look at a woman lustfully you're committing the adultery in your heart and i remember right. i remember those words um always like really you know stood out to me even when i was in the fallen state and be like man i don't know 
I know Jesus was a little bit crazy, but uh, I don't know if that's possible, you know? I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Because, like, even I read that passage where he's like, gouge your eye out if you right. stare at something. I'm just like, uh, I think he means it metaphorically. Like, right. Not literally, like, yeah. Not like the Oedipus, right? Isn't that what Oedipus did? I have no idea. But it, it was just blew my mind where, kind of going back to what you said earlier, too. I think Paul said this. You know, he says, how come I do, I'm doing the things I don't want to do? And how come I can't do the things that I want to do? We we talked about that before. And that's exactly how it used to feel in that fallen state where yeah. a part of me was just like, I know this is wrong. I don't want to do this. Yet, here I am doing it again. You I know? feel so wrong. But but yet, when you're in the moment, the heat of the passion, quote unquote, right. like, you know, you, it you feels so good. Yeah, exactly. This imagination of this, this imagination fantasy of fulfillment, like wish fulfillment. Of the and ultimate pleasure, like for yourself, really. Exactly, exactly. And so it, it's been really interesting being waking up from that state and coming out of it more and more. You know, yeah, I do yeah. have those temptations because I've sometimes believed the thoughts that come in. But a month ago, it was way less. It was way more, and now it's less and less and less. And it's kind of like it's being wiped away from me. Right. Yeah. It's it's amazing now seeing that difference where. You can actually look at someone and you're not, again, lustfully staring at them. You're you're actually looking right. at them with, I guess, God's love in a way coming yeah. through you. You're, That's you're a woman with a brain. That's a <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think um, this that's a great, it's just a great topic to talk about that. Let's take a short break again and we'll come back and actually talk about yeah, what you think about sex now and the whole idea of sterility, men and women and women acting like men. And why it changed so much, what you think happened. So we'll be right back and uh, can't we keep on talking with Jacob. So I want you to ask a very simple question to yourself. And it's this. Do you have peace in your life? And if that's something you don't have, then hey, the Doubt Every Thought podcast has three simple steps to bring it to you. You know, the first step here is to go to your parents and to forgive them. And you may ask, okay, what am I forgiving my parents for? Well, were they perfect? And the answer probably is no. You know, nobody's perfect. But we don't care about nobody. We care about your parents. So you're going to go to them and forgive them for making you resent them. Sounds counterintuitive, but it's really how it works. You go to your parents and forgive, and God will forgive you. That's been my experience. The second step is to do something every morning and every night, and it is called the silent prayer. You know, some people have equated it to meditation, but it's really not that. What you're doing is you're observing your thoughts. And Roy Masters has some great tutorial videos to teach you the basics. Just go online and find him. Another great resource is uh, Jesse Lee Peterson. He has something called the silent prayer dot video. The whole idea is that you sit there and know thyself. You really get to know who you are and you take every thought and put it into captivity by observing it. And of course, the last step, hence the name of the podcast, is Doubt Every Thought. Because buddy, those thoughts definitely ain't you. They're coming from a source, they make you feel good, they make you feel bad, make you feel right and wrong, and you will begin to realize that as you doubt every thought, you will become more and more in the light, and more and more peaceful. So again, if you're looking for peace in your life, and you're looking for a simple way to do it, I would highly recommend these three steps and I can't wait to talk about it more with you, with others, 
and just really bring you out of the darkness and into the light. So again, welcome to the Doubt Every Thought podcast, and I wish you well. Can't wait to talk to you more. Alrighty, and we're back, part three. We've talked about a few things so far. We talked about intimacy and sex in the fallen state, how we were when we were younger. I think one thing I want to talk about now with you, Jacob, is just it seems like our world is full of just lust. You know, guys yeah, going after girls, girls with Tinder and all the dating apps. They Me think, Too movement. Me Too. They, <laughs> they think they can have like unbridled sex with everybody out of marriage, out of wedlock. And it's blowing my mind that now I see it in a different way. I actually think I'm becoming kind of one of those Christian people who's just one of those crazy at, people looking at everybody right. being like, "Are you having sex out of wedlock? Oh, <laughs> sodomite, you know." <laughs> and I mean that right. no judgment. I'm just enjoying it. What's been kind of now that you see things differently? Now that you've forgiven your mother? Now that you're doubting your thoughts? How do you kind of see this whole realm? Like, are people possessed, or is it more just everyone's lost and everyone needs to forgive their mama? You know, what do you kind of yeah. Think, right? Yeah, so, I mean, looking out, uh, you see it in advertisements everywhere, just women always, like, barely with any clothes on. Yeah. Um, e- even, I-, I remember seeing a commercial the other day, and it was, like, this uh, large, larger kind of woman um, just still, like, in her underwear. And I remember thinking, like, man, like, have people lost their shame? Like, I would be ashamed, you know, if I were. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're defiling the body God gave you. I mean, it's, uh, that's how I see it. Yeah. Right. And, <laughs> and so, um, just looking around, there's all these mis- mixed messages that especially women are getting like, the, um, yeah, right. Just, just, it's like, yeah, look, um, they're promoting the idea that the woman's most valuable, they're doing it more subliminally, but it's like the woman's most valuable asset is her looks and her youth and her beauty. Sure. And, um, and they're promoting that out there. You know, the other and, thing that they're promoting too is this idea that a woman can be like a man. But right. The thing is, yeah, is exactly. Those when, are conflicting. When they say they're being a man, they're actually saying being a fallen man. You know, a man who sleeps around with every right. he can find. Being somebody who's aggressive. Being somebody who, um, you know, they say bossy. But it's, <laughs> it's all about this they're being given this projection of what a man is and in right. reality it's just this fake image because like in my perspective a real man wouldn't be having sex out of wedlock right you know, they yeah. wouldn't be trying they'd to have self-control sex. right they'd have self-control they wouldn't be controlling they would just be an example upon the world and they wouldn't have anger or resentment yeah you know? and that's a key example that's how we're supposed to live but women are buying into this idea that oh yeah just have sex with as many men or women, right. as you want, you know, just do it. Keep on having it. If you have a child, just have an abortion. You know, it's really gone into this hedonistic cycle, and it's men's fault that we let this happen. Yes, you know, it's, it's it's not that we're blaming Absolutely. them because it's it's our fault. We were in the fallen state. We told them it was okay tacitly, and now it's up to us to be able to be an example and say, hey, stop doing that. And then they're going to say, well, don't be hypocritical. And I'll say, 
I don't disagree. Like whenever we right. see men doing it, we they should be suspicious. call them out too. Make shame great again. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, uh, um, I I remember being in college and having this um kind of crazy liberal lady as like one of the um like instructors for an acting class, and I remember she was just saying um she she told a little story about herself. She was saying that she had a dream um oh, and she was from like a problem. small yeah it right starts with the dream oh yeah <laughs> that um she she came from this little middle of nowhere town somewhere in the in the middle of america and so she had some kind of dream that she had uh had sex with like a thousand soldiers and like she was in a tent and one would come in one by one wow and i remember thinking to myself dang like why <laughs> uh are you, are you why sure, would are you sure it was a thousand like maybe not a thousand twenty four yeah right uh putting a lot of emphasis on a number but wow. um and, and she was trying to justify it like oh yeah men can you know go out and sleep with whoever they want but i remember thinking to myself even those men are still looked down on even by other men like i mean yeah even in the fallen state um you know around your friends and around playing into the act um, you know, you're like, oh yeah, that guy's the man, you know, he goes out right. there, you know, he's having sex with whatever. But really when, when you go away from that conversation, you're just like, man, like, like, um, that, that, that's a lot of, uh, like stress and wear on your soul, you know, to, to keep that up, to keep up that ego. That's a great um, way to put it. Like, um, let's just talk materially. If you think about the logistics of managing that, like how much of your life are you spending doing that right you're you're literally trying to i think the pickup artist community they call it like juggling plates like (laughs) all these spinning plates in the air and you're trying to keep them all running you know all this effort's being focused on this material thing that you're trying to get short-term pleasure from and so i totally agree with you i've seen many of my um cohorts who were like that and in the short term yeah i was just like wow like like he can do that. Wow! Like he has yeah, power. Right. He has influence. How does he do it? Like he's a real man. Yeah, he's a real man. And there's this whole concept of you know, men can sleep with many women. But ever heard? You ever heard the lock analogy? It's just like a man is a key and a woman. Oh yeah, lock and right. A man whose key can open many locks um, is an accomplished key. But a lock that can be opened by any key is. <laughs> is a sh- Right, so it's the whole idea of slut maker and sluts, and I do right. believe that a man is a slut maker. He's the one who is yes. betraying, not betraying, but he's choosing to believe in the thoughts from Satan, and he's not following God's law, and so he turns, he pulls a woman into hell. His you know? his um his acting more like even going way back into you know the days of antiquity, like Zeus, you know all the um yeah. all the all the stories in Zeus, how he came and you know he was a bull and. He was a, you know, yeah. whatever kind of animal. And it was all to sleep with some woman. All that and, effort. All yeah. that energy. You begin to realize, like, when you wake up and you stop seeking those things. And again, it's not you stopping seeking them. They kind of just fall right. away. Right. They're just taken away from you. Yeah. Maybe we could talk about, you know, let's talk about that for a second. So, yeah, I've noticed, um, forgave mama, forgave daddy. Then um, God forgave me. They're doing a silent prayer every morning, every night. And doubting every thought. And yeah, there's been ebbs and flows, but it's kind of like repentance coming up. Yeah. One thing I've noticed, though, is like it hasn't been me 
stopping myself right. from watching pornography or drinking alcohol or smoking a big fat bag of weed. Uh, yeah, the weed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or doing psychedelics or whatever the the perceived sinful activity was. It just slowly kind of fell away. Where someone says, "Hey, do you want to go do this?" I'm like, "No, nah, I'm good. Like, I don't really, uh, I don't really feel like right. it." You know, and even when um, it came to it came to being intimate with a woman, yeah, I actually noticed that I wasn't encouraging it. And then when, when there were situations when it was going to happen, yes. there was literally God would intercede and He would put something in the way that I'll just be. I remember, I remember thinking that one time, like, "Dear God, please help me," because I felt like I was overtaken with lust. I'm like, "God, please help me." Like, I hope something comes in the way. And then all of a sudden, something would happen, and it happened three times in a row over three mm-hmm. occasions where I'm like, this is ridiculous. But it, again, the whole core point of me saying that is it wasn't me choosing to not do something. You know, it right. wasn't me being the one who knows like, oh, I shouldn't be, uh, I'm holy because I'm not having sex. It's more just like, <laughs> like, oh, no, no. Like, it's just the state of being. Just, yeah, it's like, you it's just understandable. Are. You're just like, well, yeah, we shouldn't be doing that because if we do, it's out of you know, God's purview. It really should be to have children. You know, right. when we do that in inverse the spiritual order, now you're my God. And I don't think that's actually appropriate in this realm. You know, and that's why everything is so messed up. And mm-hmm. it all makes logical sense. And maybe I get lust from time to time, but it's just because I believe some thoughts. But right. that's been my experience. It, it fell away of its own. You know, you don't have to choose to become holy and a monk. and Yeah, live alone, day. live secluded. Yeah, yeah. devote your entire life. <laughs> Exactly. Set out a schedule. Okay, so I'm going to pray for this amount of time on this day. Exactly. And, then, and if the thoughts come, I'm going to pray even more. <laughs> exactly. That, that's you fighting the thoughts. You know? Right. You know, Satan will always offer you lust. He's just like, oh, look at that woman. He'll, he'll say right. to you, like, look at that woman. Trust me, like, you could totally get her now because you're a holy man. <laughs> you know? I, that's what I've noticed. I haven't noticed for your unrighteous acts, if they've just been slowly falling away, you know, intimacy being one of them. But have you noticed yeah. how it kind of falls away where it's not really you you encouraging it anymore? Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you're not you you were never really in the driver's seat, but now you can like see that really now. Right. Like you're not you're not getting driven towards I and um and yeah, the, with the thoughts that that's always how looking back, that's always how the thought would work. It would be like, "Oh, you know, look at this hot model. Oh, you know, she has a she has a really big chest." Right. And and one thing would lead to another, and, and the thoughts would eventually be like, oh, go and look at porn, right? You know, or go and call up your ex, like your ex does that nasty thing, you know, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> something and, and like also that. Also, too, it's kind of like um, it. It'll, I think JLP Jesse Lee Peterson's talked about this. It'll it'll be like you've been holy for a while, you know, just just do it one time, you know. It's not. <laughs> it, you'll be like, oh, okay, that makes more. That makes sense. I've been holy like six months out of the year. I can do an unholy act, you know. And then you buy into the thought, and then thirty minutes later, you're just you're in your imagination. Yeah, you're, you're believing all these new thoughts. It's like once that first thought pierces the veil, then all these other ones fall through, and you agree to them, and then your body feels it. Yeah, and then of course once you finish, and you just feel crappy after. Exactly, he brings you up to to bring you back down. Yeah, you know, he's just like, oh look at you, you're not holy. You know, he's trying to get you to judge yourself, and yeah. That's that's kind of interesting. Let's take let's take a short break and then we'll talk about uh, I don't know whatever comes up next. Something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
Alrighty, everybody, welcome back to the Doubt Every Thought podcast, where we talk about how to have peace in your life and returning to God through the three simple steps. Uh, today, we're actually talking about a more interesting topic. It's about intimacy, sexuality, and how really we live in an inverted order and lust has taken over everything. <laughs> so I'm here with Jacob. Um, you know what? I just got reminded of a story. Um, so, so when I was... Uh, when it was after college, I had hooked up with this girl and, um, and I remember, um, she was, she was really hardcore into that, uh, you know, drama, just everything is real dramatic. Everything. Yeah. Everything overblown. And I remember one time we got into like a, a, a bad argument, you know, we were all shouting at each other. And, um, <laughs> and of course, after that we had, you know, makeup sex uh, it was, it was, it was the strangest thing because, um, like a couple of days after she'd be like, man, like, but she was like, yeah, that, that felt like so good. She was telling me. Yep. And I, I remember thinking like, well, yeah, I was really, and I even told her, yeah, I was like real mad at you. <laughs> but, yeah. I've, but, I've noticed that for, that for sure, man. Like there's this interesting thing where if you allow complete passion to take you over yeah, and it's all about then the physical pleasure or pain. You know, pleasure and pain are really the same thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a deviation from peace. And so when you do that to somebody else, when you have dominion over them, you know, yeah, like from their perspective in this material realm, now instead of them seeking the kingdom of God, they're just seeking you, you know, and you traumatize them with that anger. You put it into them. And again, it's just making them go back to when they were a child and fell away from God. Yeah. You know, that's fascinating, man. Like, right. I've totally related to that, too. There's another another case too. So a, a few years down the line, when I you know quote unquote went back to God, um, I remember I I uh, met this Catholic girl, and um, and her her father had died, and I remember thinking like, oh sweet, like that's you know easy access, oh, man. <laughs> you know in in the fallen state, you know. Those thoughts are amazing, aren't they? Right. Like and you're, and you're so yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah, exactly. The, yeah, seek and destroy. <laughs> right, right. I mean, most men won't admit that, right? They, they. It's a very interesting thing when you they put notice, on a show an elaborate, elaborate yeah, show to hold weakness. up their holy image. You yeah. notice weakness in others, and at that moment, that true observation can then those thoughts will say, "Take advantage of it." Right. Yeah. Whether it's sexuality, whether it's in business, whether it's in relationships or control or power, like when you when you wake. You know, you wake up when you've forgiven, when you doubt every thought, you really begin to see that even more clearly in people, but you don't feel the need to then take advantage of that situation. You just, yeah. you can see it. That's fascinating that you saw that in the person. And, uh, and yeah, we did it. But I remember thinking, I had like these conflicting thoughts, like, I don't want to do this. Like, um, yeah. I, I really don't, I really do want to do things the right way. And then I remember after she had told me, oh, yeah, that that was such a good thing. I'm, I'm glad, like, we did it. But in my head, I was thinking, like, I'm not. I'm... Right, right. And, and of course, and, in that fallen state, you know, again, a woman is looking for a father's love. Right. You know, and, so it's a misplaced father's love. And that's what I had noticed, too. Like, um, like she, like, every time that that happens, especially at a wedlock, yeah, the woman's, like, looking to you, like, oh, like, you think it's right, right? And yep. and if you and if you consent, then it's like yeah, but but really, she's wanting you to say no, man. Like <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, she, she's she's like um, it's it's. 
don't know. Everyone talks about that crazy consent stuff, but really, it's like um, she she wants you. She's looking to you, like you're saying, looking for that father's love to correct her. You know, of but course. a lot of men are going to be too weak and fall into it. Of course, yeah, because it's that vulnerable moment where you stop, you drop the facade of who you are, and you really begin to reveal, I guess, your soul in a way when that happens, and yeah, that's how I see it too. Like, there's been many times where right before it happens, I stop. Right before, mm. I'm just like, no, this is actually wrong. And I felt like such a beta during those <laughs> times, right? Because it's like, oh, you're not... Uh, you're not mad enough for all yeah, that stuff, right? Yeah, And even then, if, even if it was, I'm just like, no, this is wrong. Like, or when you tell other men about it, they're like, oh, what are you, gay? Like, yep. you didn't go through with it, man? Yep, exactly. <laughs> and I, I then just tell them, now, nowadays, I just laugh at them and smile. Yeah, I just right. I'm like, sounds like you hate your mom. <laughs> that's fascinating man just being able to talk about these types of topics yes you know try not to get too raunchy but it's it's one right. of those things where uh the pastor doesn't talk about it yes right? you never find it in the church and then the the ironic thing is that i hear all of these crazy stories in the church about you know infidelity and people hoeing around sleeping around Beta. And, and it's all going you know actually it's happening in quote-unquote god's temple you know <laughs> exactly exactly i mean jesus kicked out the uh what do you kick out the, the money changers the money changers he should be kicking out all the sodomites too <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and that's the thing too is that um it's it's just amazing to see how weak the christian people are quote unquote you know that um yep they they uh they misinterpret um you know uh jesus's words as you know him being nice and tolerant of everything and, and there are, uh, like we're talking about knowing and seeking the weakness out. Um, you know, the gays have that inherently in them. You know, they can, they can yep. smell it out easy. And so there, you can see it now. They've just exploited that. But uh, uh, the unfortunate thing is that the, the gays that are looking to overcome their nature that they see is wrong, they're getting lost and washed up in that, you know, in the sea of people that are fully, um, you know, committed to live that life mm-hmm. and the, and the Christians that are going along, like how Jesse says, all oh, in the name of Jesus, you know, you're yep. being tolerant, a tolerant, uh, Christian. Let's take and a th- short, let's take a short yeah. break and talk about that more. That's a really yeah. good topic. So we'll be right back everyone. Can't wait to talk about it more. Okay. And we're back. Yeah. So Jacob, you're talking about an interesting point about um, even in the church, infidelity yes. all over the place. People who are supposedly holy, you know, <laughs> supposedly good people, but uh, you begin to look at their actions and you say, what the? Right. The other thing you're talking about, too, is the whole homosexuality. You know, you, you become what you hate. You know, yeah. if you hate your mother, you become like her, and then you begin to like the opposite sex. And the last thing, too, you kind of mentioned is um, uh, the whole idea of a lot of people are just going along to get along. Yeah. You know, and they don't... There's a lot of people who want to overcome anger, who want to overcome resentment. And sexuality is a part of it, but for many people, they don't want to have that... It's not an angry conversation, but just an honest conversation with someone. Right. You know, they interpret disagreement as being an angry person. You know, and they say like, oh, Jesus was a nice guy. You know, but <laughs> the thing is, he spoke truthfully about about what he was handling and he kicked people right. out but he didn't have anger 
the the funny thing is that you know he's the nice guy, but you know he'd say like 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 how he told Peter, "Get behind me, Satan." You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah, and, and I think the way I see it, maybe you could uh, comment on this, is that within a person, there's the perfect you, and there's yeah. some within you. And when Jesus would get angry, not angry, but when Jesus would get intense, he's talking when he would uh, edify him. Yeah. yeah, he's talking to the sin in the person. He's not yes. talking to the perfect person. You know, that's how I kind of see it. Yeah, you know? no, that's exactly right. And and unfortunately, um, you know that that phrase has been hijacked. You know, I I love you, but not the sin in you. And people, I've heard it multiple times. You know, people that are in that fallen state are going to go, right. oh, that that's such a cop out thing to say. But they literally don't know. But th- that's okay. I mean, they're not seeking. Um, yeah. In order to overcome, so that's fine. I mean, they need to suffer more, but yeah, that's the thing is, it's not for us to say how much someone needs to suffer. We can't convince people, right? It's just fascinating to me how, how now that I see it on the other side, it just seems so obvious. And I right. was just waiting for someone to say, "Hey, here's the three simple ways of how to go." And yeah, go. here's the simple ways. Yep. And, and the thing is, like with with the church now. I mean, me in the fallen state, I had totally, you know, believed that. And I was more of those Christian, quote unquote, people that was, um, felt more like righteous than the, the gays. And I'm like, oh, yeah, they can't overcome their nature. But, but really, um, now that I really am born again, I can see that, uh, that nature can indeed be taken from you if, if, you know, if the person is willing to truly seek God. And, um, and and truly like and truly submit themselves and see the thing is that a lot of the Christians today uh, there's there's a verse in the Bible that talks about this like you guys are um, calling on the name of God but you guys don't have the power that comes with it you guys are just putting on a show and okay. and a lot of the uh, the Christian people have fallen into that category um, you you know they they if you ask you know your average Christian hey um, you know, is homosexuality or anything about homosexuality really, you know, is it a sin to be a homosexual? And, you know, they all get uncomfortable and nervous because, you know, maybe they have someone in their family, maybe they have, and they're, and they always say, oh, it's not my place to judge others. Right. And, and yeah, that's true. But, but also to go along with, with this nonsense is also not, but, but it, that's fine too, because they, they truly don't know the power of God. They don't, they don't understand that God can take uh, literally anything that's abnormal, that's not the norm from you, uh, right. you know, including like we we're talking about the lustful nature, um, including, you know, being a chronic liar, uh, um, yep. a gambler, I- any kind of addiction, anything that's not normal, that's preventing you from truly living your life. God can't take that away. But unfortunately, the Christian people don't see that way. And they think homosexuality is one of the things that God can't touch. That's why I've been... That's what I've been realizing, too. And they say, well, someone's born this way, right? Right. And I understand that, you know. But if you actually look at, even from a physical perspective, their suicide rate, their death rate, like, there's all these bad things associated with it. Sure. Yeah, there's no peace it, in it. Yeah, you can look at it from a material perspective. But spiritually, it's just a disconnection, again, from God. Right. And it's, it's not a big deal. You know, it's like, okay, yeah, like, your mother was angry. She imbued that spirit in you. You resented her before you were born, and hey, now you are who you are, and if you want to wake up, you can. And it's not like I'm saying that like uh, heterosexuals are better than homosexuals. No. <laughs> we all suck 
compared to God. Right. You know, it's, yeah. it's not a big deal. Slut makers. Yeah, slut makers are worse or better than non-slut makers. <laughs> the homosexuals, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's all in the same sodomy category. <laughs> That's how I kind of see it. But let's just take one more break and then we'll come back and, uh, I don't know, finish up this conversation about intimacy. And man, it's interesting to talk about it with you. I love this. Yeah. Alrighty, everyone. Welcome back. Last segment. We're doing like these five, ten minute segments to really break up the conversation. But in reality, uh, it's all one conversation. I've been chatting with Jacob for a while. Um, you know, the last thing I kind of wanted to cover is this idea of kind of birth control and sterility. And maybe I'll set you up, Jacob. So the way I kind of yeah. see it is any type of intimate act that is not meant for the procreation of a child is kind of like sodomy. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, whether your wife or girlfriend is taking um, uh, birth control or whether you're using your own version of birth control or vasectomies or um, whatever women do, hysterectomy, whatever they do to yeah. not have a child. Or if you do it, um, you do the other act, right? <laughs> no, you do like oral sex or you do <laughs> anal sex. It's God's oh, blind spot. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you do any of those things. To me, I jokingly call all those things sodomy. So yeah. I love to be able to talk to my friends. And if they're doing it either out of wedlock or their wife's on birth control, it's all this idea that you know, you think you know when you're supposed to have a child. So yeah. you're taking your, you are subverting God in a way by trying to trick him with these loopholes, these Talmudic loopholes. <laughs> That's how I kind of see it, which makes it really fun when I talk with friends because almost everyone is a sodomite then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so what do you kind of think about that? What's, what's your perspective on things these days, where everyone's at, things like that? Yeah, my perspective on birth control is, you know, you don't need it. <laughs> if you have true perfect peace, um, you won't be looking for sex. You won't be looking for the pleasure um, that comes from it. Uh, you know what, it kind of reminds me, uh, I, I believe in Genesis, There's there was a passage on it, um, I think this guy named Onan, and uh, he he um, he laid with, with a woman, but he spilled his seed into the earth, and that's kind of like what, what really most men would do, you know, they would take their seed, and you know, just, um, it, it, the intent obviously of sex is to have a child but you're spilling your seed um you know not in order to make uh, a child and it's all seeking after the pleasure and, and i believe onan died i think that in genesis that says that god struck him down That's funny. <laughs> not, not that that would happen now obviously but like um that's Old Testament stuff i've noticed right like, yeah old, old testament yeah. old testament god would actually come in and really take care of it literally now we kind of live in the new testament where we really do it to ourselves you know, right so we're the ones who really put ourselves in these situations and we're the ones who can pull ourselves out that's yeah it's really we believe in god or believe in satan that's how i kind of see it yeah yeah so so i mean like like we were saying that uh sex for any other pur- uh purpose you know is seeking pleasure and also like how you're saying um the whole purpose of sex is to, you know, have a child. And so when you're being like, oh, I'm not going to have a child now, 
like how you said, you're playing God, you're, you're decide or, or, you know, also the topic of abortion, same deal, but a lot more gruesome. Right. Right. Like even with abortion, I mean, I've heard the case for abortion and it used to bother me where people would say, yeah. well, what if a woman is taken against her will? They talk about rape. It's always this crazy, like, you know, one out of a million kind of yeah, like deal. Your, your horrible uncle, you know, incest, you know, something crazy, right? Yeah, they don't want to be honest like that. It's just because, you know, the person, it's an inconvenience or, you know, they, they have a deadbeat, quote unquote deadbeat like dad that right. won't be able to provide. And, you know, they put it all on the man. Oh, it's a man. He can't, you know, he did all this. And it's just, right. yeah, just and, a big mess. And it's fascinating too because a part of them are right. Like it is the man's responsibility. It is, yeah. To not have sex out of wedlock, to guide the woman, you know, through God's love, you know. And so there's this weird thing where, yes, they are right. But at the same time, it doesn't mean that then the next thing that you're doing is right. You know, <laughs> right. the the analogy I give is, you know, just because um, someone shot someone doesn't mean that then it, someone tried to murder you or murdered your sister. It doesn't mean you get to then just go out and murder a baby. Yeah. It doesn't mean that. It's not the baby's fault. Right. And it's inside Two you. Two wrongs don't make a right. Exactly. And so... That's this argument that they always try to make. And if you really look at just the, the abortion numbers, it's ridiculous. It is. 70 million? You know, yeah, millions. Black babies. I mean, how many white babies, too? I mean, it's <laughs> too many babies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's, you know, once you realize it's really a fallen world and everyone's ma- everyone's believing their thoughts, it's not them making the right. You know, You I, really I, begin to understand how it all just makes sense. Right. And, and you see, we're talking about Old Testament stuff. A lot of that was prevalent in the Old Testament, you know, even I, I believe uh, Moses, you know, the, the Pharaoh, he heard this kind of prophecy about this child rising up and overtaking his power, his seated authority that he had in the world, his ego and all that. Mm-hmm. And um, and so he had ordered, um, yeah, all, all the babies to be slaughtered to prevent them from rising up, you know, and then Moses got spared, you know, and, and he... That, that's one instance of it. Um, you know, the, there's a lot of, there's different instances in the Bible of these kings, these people in power that, uh, you know, slaughter the, the babies to prevent some prophecy from coming along. And I, and I believe that, uh, you, you know, we talk about the Old and New Testament. Um, the Old Testament's always with us if we're not living from within. So we're seeing uh, like the new version, you know, yep. whatever iteration it is from history of that. We're seeing it clearly now, and it's the norm. It's it's like, uh, you notice too that whenever you ask people, uh, especially Christian people, quote unquote, you know, oh, what do you think of abortion? And you know, they they always defer to that statement. Well, it's a woman's right to choose. Woman's this. What they're they're deferring it, like, but really they're saying, I think this is wrong, but that's fine because this person. It's all, I'm going to put it all on on the woman. And that that really leads me to this kind of summarizing idea that the just because someone says they're a christian doesn't really mean they're a christian right <laughs> yeah just because i say i'm a they're woman taking the lord's name in vain literally like if i say i'm a woman <laughs> like you look at me and you're like uh no you're not like, it's it's nothing personal it's not but like you got a... lipstick and you know breast implant <laughs> <laughs> how dare you judge me how dare you I was trying to start this podcast. <laughs> but if you really look at it, like the straight and narrow path 
that everyone talks about and the wide path of destruction, right? The wide path isn't like, oh, if you say you're a Christian, now you're on the straight and narrow. Not at all. Like, right. it's really what's within your heart. And for people who can't speak up at the right time, like, when you ask a basic question like that, it's kind of like a leading indicator of being like, oh, like, what's going on in your life then? You know, you begin to notice, like, if you're not really following God's law in your own life and you're not listening to him and doubting every thought, you can eventually begin to see that you have your own things that you're trying to deal with, you know, and then you then you run into a situation where you don't want to be judged. So then you 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 try you don't want to be discerned upon. Right. So you try mm-hmm. not to discern others because then it turns the spotlight onto you sometimes. Yes, exactly. You know, yeah. So if, if I say like, yeah, you know, if you believe in homosexuality and you have all this anger and resentment, would you like to um, uh, would you like to not have that? You know, go and forgive your mother. Immediately, people would say, well, look at you. Like you were uh, <laughs> having sex out of wedlock and all these other things. And right. when you're a son of God, you really say like, oh, that's great. Like, yeah, I was. And yeah, it was horrible. <laughs> and, and you know what? Like, like on that same topic, Paul had written something like that. Um you know, because back, back, back in the day, you know, um, when the apostles were coming out after Jesus had come, you know, Paul was this uh, guy who would persecute the the Christians, you know, kill them, torture them. Interesting. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, he he came to Jesus, you know, the road to Damascus, all that story, and um, and then there were some people that were like, "Hey, man, you know, it, you guys are talking with Paul. That guy's crazy. That guy's gonna kill you." But but Paul had told him like, "Hey." It's all good, man. I'm I'm all new that uh that you know I'm not that man, and right. and, uh, and a lot of a lot of us like kind of don't understand that you know and and even as a Christian I would kind of think of that be like oh yeah you know uh, your old nature comes off you even though it hadn't obviously but yeah but, and I I think about that too where I realized like all the old nature was just it wasn't yes, actually the perfect exactly. me. It was just the sin within me that I was believing. So I was doing right. these things and reinforcing it and growing it. Right. And once I created that schism between the old me and new me, like, yes, I am perfect now. But everyone's right. perfect. You just need to realize that and go and forgive, let go of anger or resentment, doubt Satan who's talking to you. You know, right. it's, it's a fascinating fallen world that we live in, but it just makes you kind of appreciate when you find, uh, when you find God. You're just like looking around and you're like, wow, yeah. look at all these sodomites. This is crazy. And see the the thing is now that there's so there's so many choices for your uh, we talked about this before but like this whole sedation that you can go into a sedation yeah. of pleasure yeah you know it's hypnotic yeah. right and it could be literally anything and there's so many literally so many ways you can uh, go away from God or or just prevent that um uh, prevent the confrontation of that darkness that is in you it's fleshly things you know it's yeah just like okay sex out of wedlock or intimacy with birth control it's all over the place tinder yeah you know, trying to think of all the other dating apps then you have like eating too much food obesity yeah. like everybody's fat you know and it's it's because of again a fleshly thing that they're seeking you know it's amazing when you begin to realize that yeah you start to see it everywhere and then you realize like okay it's not judgment it's just discernment you're like okay Right. I understand why. The fat preacher talking. Oh, yeah. They're like, <laughs> fat preacher, sex out of wedlock. You know, they're saying they're saying that they're not perfect and you don't have to be perfect. You know, nobody's. Right. I've heard this many times, too. This will be the last thing. 
how many people in your life have said uh, nobody's perfect? You know, every I, single one of them. Every <laughs> single one of them. And I think that's been a lie that Satan has propagated through us. He's right. saying nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. But we're being told to be perfect, and a part of that is just following God's natural law. And eventually, all the other things will fall away from you. Anger, resentment, judgment, right. hate, eating too much food, drugs, sexuality. And you really seek the kingdom of God, and it's really a nice spot to be in. So all these like challenges and issues that you have before, you know, if you have a girlfriend who's just going crazy on you, you're not going to be controlled by it anymore once you wake up. Right. You just say, girl, bye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're in timeout. Like, what are you doing here? You know, I'm here to give you a father's love. I'm not here just to sleep with you and right. give you this power that you really don't want to have. Yes. You know? so that I you'll resent it. me for having in the in the future. Exactly. It's like the amount of time it takes them to turn you into a beta is the amount of time it will take for them to break up with you. You know, so yeah. once once you date them for six months and then all of a sudden you have sex with them out of wedlock, the clock is ticking. Six months later, they'll just break up with you. You know, I've noticed that's been <laughs> the total case. Or it'll slowly end. Right. I, I just don't feel that magic, right? Right. That's, uh... <laughs> right. And that's what like, they tell you. It's like you said, in those moments where they, they're looking to you for guidance and you betray right. them, you know, later on they'll eventually know and then they'll be lost. Or they may even call you out for it. Oh, you're a supposed Christian, but you did this to me. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, yeah, you think you're a Christian, but you have a sex out of wedlock? Like, yeah. It's a great point. You know, when they say that, like, you're like, hey, I totally agree. That's why we're not doing it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, anyways, man, this has been great. I mean, it's one of those controversial topics. No one talks about it. Nobody will talk about it. Yeah. Right. Especially yeah. in the church or, right. or, you know, the men's fellowship, whatever. Yeah. We have to do it behind closed doors. and not <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Right? And it's not judgment. It's not hate. It's just right. it is what it is. And, and the crazy thing is that they're not even really controversial. You know, they're just great point. Yeah, great point. It's just it is what it is. It's just the label that the world has put on it. But that's all to prevent the truth from getting out there. You know, that's the truth is out there, point. like Fox Mulder would say. The truth is out there. We've got we've got to find it, man. Well, everybody, this has been the more I think X-rated conversation about intimacy, sexuality, birth control, sodomy, homosexuals, heterosexuals. What else do we talk about? All this great stuff, but yeah. I just want to thank you, know, Jacob. Thanks for coming on. I'm going to have you on more often. This is just fun to uh, kind of flush out the honest conversations. And yeah. I highly recommend for everyone: go and forgive your mother and father for making you resent them as a child. Do the silent prayer every morning and night. You can go on doubtevertheought.com. I got the links to JLP and Roy Masters, even my own. Um, and then, of course, as usual, doubt every thought because uh, that's Satan talking to you. Uh, we'll see you on the next podcast and thanks so much for listening. Take care.